Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 351. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have our special guest of the week with me here today, Jill Schlesinger. Jill, welcome to the show. First of all, it's great to be with you, and you pronounced my name perfectly, so I'm giving you four gold stars oh, right out man, of the gate. I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know. How it was right go. out of the gate, you get four gold stars. I love it. Thank you. Well, Joe, I am so excited that you were able to take some time to be here with our audience today. So I want to tell everybody a little bit about you, and then, of course, I'll let you fill in any gaps. So guys, Jill is an Emmy-nominated business analyst for CBS News, which we're going to talk about today. She covers the economy, markets, investing, and anything else with a dollar sign on TV. She also is the host of the Better Off podcast, which I know a lot of you guys are going to want to check out, so we'll talk about that today as well, including her nationally syndicated show, the web, her blog, which is called Jill on Money. And she also serves as a senior CFP board ambassador for the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Incorporated. Prior to her second career at CBS, she spent 14 years as the co-owner and chief investment officer for an independent advisory firm. So not only can she advise you guys on money, but she has been in the trenches. She's done it herself. She's lived and walked in your shoes, which is amazing. And she's had a whole second career to boot. She began her career as a self-employed options trader on the Commodities Exchange of New York following her graduation from Brown University. So, Jill, welcome. Great to be with you. All right. Man, you have had quite the career. I don't even know where to start. Um, But uh, thanks for taking some time here. So let's start a little bit about what you're doing with CBS, which is amazing. So how did you get started um, as, you know, a show host for CBS? And, And tell us a little bit about that part of your so, um, as you noted in the intro, I began my career on Wall Street as a trader, and then I actually was a money manager and financial planner. And while I was doing that, one of the ways that I was able to kind of get the word out about my business was that I had hosted a local radio show. Um, and this was up in New England. And I did that for a while. And then I um, was moving back to New York, which is where I'm from. And uh, somebody up in New England, this is one of those moments where doors open for odd reasons, said, oh, I have a friend who's a producer at Fox News Channel. Should I introduce you? Sure. I started doing TV just as like a guest appearance. And then someone at CBS saw me on Fox and um, and I had sold in the ensuing years, I just did a lot of different media hits for Fox, Fox Business, CNN, CBS. And uh, after I sold my business, CBS just fortuitously came to me and said, gosh, you know, you really did such a great job explaining what was going on in the financial crisis. Would you like to come work here full time? And I'm like, no, I know I don't want a full time job, but I'll come talk to you about what you're trying to do. And then I signed a contract three years later. So <laughs> so yeah. it's just a great lesson in the, uh, the the idea that you absolutely should just never say no. That's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, 
And and so I think what's been incredibly um, wonderful about my career at CBS, which is I'm coming up on my ninth anniversary, is that they have such an awesome platform. So I get to do television, CBS This Morning, CBS Evening News on the network. We've got a ton of affiliates. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you live in the Bay Area, you might have seen me on KPIX, and if you're in New York, you might see me on WCBS, um, and I do stuff for the locals, and then they've got a huge radio footprint, so I do a ton of stuff for CBS radio as well. So that's kind of the CBS side of my life, and they're kind enough to allow me to do things on the side, like host a podcast and do a lot of writing. I write a column for Tribune, and you know, essentially I'm covering, as I say in my bio, anything with a dollar sign. I do things like say, you know, try to uh, work with people and help them, you know, better their financial lives. But if there's a breaking news story, like the market is crapping out and they need me to go on evening news, then I do it. So um, it's been a, a terrific ride and uh, the folks there are amazing. Yeah, no, that is incredible. And I absolutely love, Jill, that you have such a dynamic kind of comprehensive a portfolio of different things that you're doing. And I think what's really interesting about that is that most people these days do have, you know, multiple things that we're doing. And I know we have entrepreneurs at all stages in their business, some of them maybe that are still working a full-time job that are starting a business on the side and they think, oh, this is going to be so hard. How am I going to pull this off? Most of us, even that are running successful businesses already, are doing two or three or four things, just like you just shared with CBS. So I think that's just a, a great uh, message for everyone to not give up and to realize that, you know, most likely no matter what level you get to, you're going to be working. M multiple plates are going to be in the air, right? Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. I um, I interviewed Chris Gillibo, who wrote the book Side Hustle. And he's a great guy. Guy. And one of the, I, I was teasing him because I'm very old and he's very young and you sound very young. I said, you know, we used to just call this part-time work. He goes, yes, it's part-time work, but it's a better, it's a better marketing. And I think yes. that a lot of people have, <laughs> a lot of people have side hustles or part of the yeah. gig economy, but essentially it's, you know, how can I command some control over my own employment destiny? Yes. And what am I willing to trade for that? And for many of us, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, sort of more entrepreneurial. I was a terrible employee. I just don't, I don't like the feeling I would, I'm happy to work seven days a week, but I want to tell, I want to be able to decide when I'm working and exactly. which hours I'm working. Yeah. And, and so I think that having a diversified revenue stream is either a small business owner or someone who's doing different gigs. It just makes me feel more secure. It very much aligns with my um, wimpy outlook on investing, which is, you know, just keep a diversified portfolio. You'll stay out of trouble. Yes. And I feel exactly the same way. I'm in the process of launching my second company in a completely different field than my coaching company. Just for that reason, exactly. Because, you know, with, with the economy that we're in today, rapid swings in markets, you know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen a week from now. So we all have to kind of take charge of our destiny. And I, and I think it is important to have a diverse portfolio, whether it's in investments or where your money's coming from. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I can't stress enough for people who are listening that, you know, when you're thinking about a new business, I think it can be so dangerous to make it an all or nothing mm -hmm. proposition. You don't mm -hmm. have to like stop putting the pressure on yourself, start to dabble a little bit and see how it goes and, and take the pressure off that does you so don't have to make yourself nutty about this. This will happen organically. If it's meant to be, it will be, you have to work at it, but 
you know, don't feel like I have to give up my full-time job with these awesome benefits in order to do this next thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and people, I get that question constantly. I have it from podcast subscribers and email subscribers and people on social media. Should I quit my full-time job? And I'm like, nope. Are you doing six figures? If you're not doing six figures in your side hustle, keep doing it until you are. And then, you know, reconsider whether it's time to, to pull the plug on the other thing. Yeah. And you know, what's funny about that. Even people who are making really good money. Some people find that like the side hustle is just perfect as a side hustle. It's fun. And when, and, right. Yeah. And, and when they do it full time, they're like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't really want to do this full time. It was more fun as a side gig. Yeah. So, you know, just know yourself. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So, um, but one thing that you mentioned that I want to kind of go back to, and I think I like, you know, so I'm earlier on in the trajectory than you kind of, as you mentioned there, but, you know, I'm starting to experience this now. And it sounds like you've definitely experienced this over the course of your career, which is that, you know, when you're in a certain space over a period of years, your brand grows in ways that like kind of only comes with time. Right. Because mm-hmm. you become known and you've been doing things for a certain period of time. People have been following you and observing you. It opens doors and things begin to come to you more easily. Not that you're working less hard, but opportunities come to you because of the time that you've committed to being the best that you can be in that space that you're in. And, you know, it sounds like you were doing a lot with television for a period of years before you went into like this massive, you know, position, you know, and role that you're in right now. Like how long were you kind of dabbling and doing TV kind of here and there before you got into the full time? Well, it's been it's interesting because the reason I started doing television was really I it dovetailed from my radio and yeah. and honestly, um, I was running a business where I was trying to get clients and accumulate assets, and that was amazing. And and what I found out was doing radio was really helpful. And then the local TV station came to me and said, "Hey, hey you know, I listened to your the guy who basically hosted." the show that went on the before the Today Show in Providence, Rhode Island, listened to my radio show. And he goes, have you ever thought about doing TV? And I'm like, no, not really. He's like, I think you'd be good. And then he basically invited me to come on. I went on and his news director kind of took a shine to me. And that was in um, probably in like 1997 or so. And, um, I, and, and just to, you know, fast forward, It was 12 years later when I was hired by CBS. So I did a lot of stuff for free on the side. I got really, I I listened to people. I had mentors in the industry who took an interest in me and I didn't get a paid one dime from uh, radio or television for 12 years. It was just an adjunct to what I was doing in my real life. Yeah. And it's so, so important for people to hear that. I tell people that about podcasting all the time. I'm like, this is a long game. You keep building and building and building. And of course, you're going to get clients as you go, but it's the brand that you're creating, right? It's the movement that you're creating. It's the fans, the subscribers. Over time, it's a snowball that builds. It's not a get rich quick thing, but there's so much value in sticking with something consistently and building something over time, which, you know, that might sound like, oh, that's obvious, like, of course. But I think in our culture in and what people see on social media, that's not so obvious anymore because it's made to look like these things happen overnight when, when they never they never do, right? Right. I mean, there's, of course, there's like those outlier um, uh, people who are like, oh, yeah, I mean, I became a YouTube star sure. overnight. There's like yeah. that one person. But, you know, most people work really hard at what they do. I know you work really hard at what you do. And 
that is something that I would tell anybody listening, which is become the expert in whatever you want to be an expert in. Yes. But it's very hard to do everything. And, uh, you know, a generalist is fine. Like I can be a generalist about the economy. Like I, I'm not an economist, but I know enough about the economy that I can certainly be able to go on the air with a very short notice and, and discuss anything that comes up. And the only reason I'm able to do that is that I work really hard off the air to make sure I'm smart and I understand the issues that are at stake. But you can't just wing it. Winging it is just, you're not going to get away with it. And mm-hmm. and I know that you sort of feel like, eh, I could do it. I was just talking to somebody, same thing. Like everybody will ask me the same thing about like, well, how'd you get the podcast? And I want to be do a podcast. I'm like, okay, go do a podcast. But how are you going to get people to listen? What are you doing right. to help yourself? Exactly. Right? The distribution. You know, like, yes, yes. It, so it becomes really important to ask yourself those questions. And I think that, you know, like I have a, a friend of mine who is a, in publishing and he's been in the business forever, but his passion is spoken word. He wants to, he hosts a radio show. He said, I want to do a podcast. I said, okay, you're not making any money from that podcast. So tell me what exact now tell me what you want to do. Now tell me exactly. You think it's going to be like your get rich quick scheme? It ain't. It's mm-hmm. not what it is. Mm-hmm. So you know, most of the things that you think are um, opportunities are, they are opportunities, but many of them take years and years to develop and hone and become money-making endeavors. You know, it's a funny thing about, I know we're going to talk about the tax law, but there's a very funny distinction that the IRS makes about deduction of business expenses. They basically say, you know, if you're not making any money at it, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're actually making money, then we'll allow you to deduct business expenses. But, you know, you can't just say, like, I'm going to buy thousands of dollars worth of audio equipment and become a podcaster. If there is actually nothing in the, your in your business plan that shows how you're going to make money. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a good transition, actually, because there's been a, a lot of noise, you know, lately, Jill. And one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show is because you are an expert. Uh, and, and I wanted to get someone on that could really help clarify for myself and for the listeners from an expert perspective, how the changes in tax law actually impact small business owners and entrepreneurs, and maybe how they should be thinking and how this might have a positive, negative, or neutral effect on their business given the stage that they're in. So can you start to give us a bit of an overview of, of what that might look like in the next year for people? Sure. So you know that um, none of this is for this tax filing season. Right. So don't panic right now, yes, okay? Yes. So um, what, well, there's a couple of things. Uh First of all, most people who are small business owners or or even entrepreneurs or anyone with a side gig get something called pass-through income. And the way that that's defined is that the IRS says it it whatever income you're receiving, it passes through and is taxed at whatever your ordinary tax income bracket is. Now, the brackets changed. So, just by virtue of the change in brackets, you may or may not see a change in your tax situation. So um, I'll give you an example. Uh, for, for some people, uh, there was a there was a change in the tax bracket where, you know, maybe they previously were in the 35% bracket and now they're in uh, the 22% bracket. So you could just go to irs.gov. Everything is there. And, you know, that you'll see what the new brackets are. The bigger change to many people who are 
sole proprietors or entrepreneurs is that the there is a new way that pass through business income will be treated. And so you may have heard about this, but right now the owner of many pass through businesses can deduct 20% of their pass through income, which essentially reduces their top effective rate to just under 30%. Now are you ready for your caveat? Yes. What a pain in the ass this is. I'm sorry to say. Um, The nature of your business may define whether or not this will actually be able to be applicable to you. So, Mm, okay. okay. So, um, by the way, uh, a pass-through business, you have to have a small business with less than 50 full-time employees. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah. But some of that is, um, are you, is, is somebody in your, um, firm, uh, is somebody the creating something for the firm and is it just you? So I'll give you an example. Are, are you somebody who, uh, creates all the content for your LLC? And if that's Kelly, you're like, yeah, that's me. I do everything. It's all about my name. This may not apply to you. Mm-hmm. It may, if you mm-hmm. get an amazing, you might get an incredible, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, you might get it like an incredible amount of money coming in the door, but if it's just you, they may not let you do this. Um, and I, I misspoke. I'm sorry about the pass through. It's it just, I shouldn't say that size does not matter in terms of employees. I, I said that it did, but it didn't. I was doing it. That, that's a definition for small business retirement plans. So the size doesn't matter. Um, but the thing that's really interesting is that there are certain professions where it absolutely cannot be taken. So for example, if you are a doctor, a lawyer, uh, you cannot use this. However, if you're an architect or an engineer, you do get it. So it's really hard to decide whether or not you're going to get this because if you're in certain, so this is what it's the way that it's written. It says the owner of the business Um, cannot involve the performance of services in health, law, accounting, performing arts, actuarial science, consulting, or athletics. That's what the law says. Okay. So it's really weird. Like there was a great article in the wall street journal a while back, which said like, if, if, if you think about it, something that relies on your reputational skill, what we just talked about, like you're known for this certain thing, you may not actually be able to claim this deduction. So that, so here's what I would say. If you are somebody who has an LLC or gets this kind of income, I would be very, very clear before I started claiming this, that I would consult with a tax expert. I would talk to a CPA. Even if you had to pay that CPA just for one year, it may be worth it because you may be looking at a, a red flag, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. something that's really important. And, and by the way, if you are making a ton of money, like if you make more than, let's say $315,000 as a married couple, and you are also a small business owner, your deduction is phased out. So all of this becomes this incredibly complicated system. So as much as the government said, oh, this is going to be a much easier system for all these people, it is not an easier system if you are self-employed or have a side job. It just is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So if you are doing a service-based profession in one of those areas that you mentioned, health, law, accounting, consulting, athletics, any of those things, this this pass-through deduction does not apply to you. Nope, it doesn't. Wow. And so it's really, I mean, look, there are other things that might be good in the tax bill for you, but honest to goodness, there is so much in here that is so thorny mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I can't tell you, like I, I, all right, I'll give you, like you and I are in the same situation. Um, are we, cre- I, I mean, I might argue if I were an aggressive tax professional, oh, Kelly and Jill, they are manufacturers. Really? What do you mean? What are they? Ma- they're manufacturing content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, ergo, I'm going to try to claim the pass-through deduction. Right. Well, okay, that's I might get away with it, but maybe I won't. And maybe that's a red flag. Maybe now I'm an audit red flag for trying to do that. Whereas it might be smarter for me to just say, you know what? I'll take my business deductions. I'll do the best that I can. I'll try to, you know, use this. I won't get this deduction because I don't want to be that aggressive. I'll wait to see how the landscape shakes out. And oh, gee, by the way, if I make a lot of money anyway, it may be perfectly reasonable that my taxes could go down depending on where I live and the nature of the rest of my tax life. So maybe I don't want to be that aggressive. So you see, it's a it's such a drag because honestly, we want to promote entrepreneurship. This particular part of the tax code is so annoyingly complex. It's going to be great if you're a CPA. Yeah, yeah, they will be very busy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, for sure. And so, uh, one thing that I noticed as an entrepreneur is that a lot of the uh, deductions and, you know, a lot of the things that, um, seem available as far as tax breaks do go away once you're actually doing well for yourself, which is kind of counterintuitive, right? Because we want small business owners to work really hard to, to make successful businesses so that they can build and hire teams and, and create jobs. Um, but it does seem like a lot of those tax benefits disappear once you're actually making right. real money. Is there anything in this tax bill, Jill, that is beneficial to entrepreneurs that, you know, have been successful building, you know, million dollar plus businesses? Yeah. You know, look, I think that it's um, important to know that if you were subject to the alternative minimum tax, you um, are probably going to see some change in that. So there won't be not as many people. And that's what you're talking about is mm-hmm, that we have had mm-hmm. the P, the P's amendment and the AMT, which yes. really got a lot of people sucked into this, this vortex of having all of your deductions um, either yes. phased out or eliminated. Yes. Those things have actually been, some of that has been fixed. Some oh, okay. people, Good. some people will still fall into it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a bummer. Okay. And also, by the way, um, you know, for a, a lot of businesses, I, I, I should have said this out of the gate. If you really want to take advantage of the tax code and the fact that you're a small business, if you're not, if you have not put in your own retirement plan for your business income, you're missing an enormous opportunity. So let me explain that right now, if you have a plain old, if you, if you work for yourself, a lot of people are like, okay, great. I'll just make a, an IRA or a Roth IRA contribution. I'll put 5,500 bucks away if I'm under the age of 50. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you have enough 
if you're really working for yourself and you don't have another plan, you can put in your own 401k plan. You can put in something called a SEP IRA and you can put over 50 grand a year away. You can put in, if you just have yourself to worry about and you're making boatloads of money, you can put in your own defined benefit plan. You can essentially create your own pension plan, which can allow you to put away over $200,000 a year pre-tax. These are the, these to me are the best ways to make your tax bill shrink because you're doing, and you're doing like sort of a dual purpose planning here. You're, you're shrinking your tax bill and you're saving for retirement. And honestly, that's kind of the greatest combination there is. Well, that's so I mean, what I'm getting out of this is that for every person listening, it's worth probably finding a a tax expert and at least paying for a consultation, right? Like an hour long consultation on your situation um, as a part of tax time planning for next year to figure out which of these things can and do apply to you and to make some proactive decisions to be able to leverage the things that you can benefit from. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, a lot of the things that are, you know, that are out there that you may have been, I think a lot of people are freaking out because they're, uh, depending on where you live, like I live in New York, I have a lot of friends who live in California, we're freaking out because we've got a, a, a reduction or an elimination of the state and local tax deduction, depending on, you know, what you're claiming, right? And people are freaking out about that. But then I, I, I mentioned this to somebody who I was sort of doing a back of the envelope calculation. I'm like, okay, but, you know, your ta- your top tax bracket went down. And that tax bracket, all these brackets are are now in very different places. So you might find what you've lost is is uh, outweighed by what you gain. Now, yeah, you know what? They're going to be losers. I, I know it sucks. I'm sorry. There are going to be some people who are losers in this. But before you get freaked out about like what's happening, get through this tax season. Don't worry because you're not talking about this tax. After this tax season is over, like May, June, contact a local CPA. Say, I'd like to pay for a consultation. I want you to look at my income. I want you to tell me what you think, whether or not I'm entitled to claim this deduction for pass-through income. What do you think? And and you may find that it's just, you know what, don't do what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't try to claim this. It may be that you find out, hey, this is awesome because I'm going to get the 20% deduction. Maybe that your, your, you know, your service industry specification is one that can get carved out. So I'm just, I think it's really important not to throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and, and say, oh, I don't get this or I do get this. There are parts of this that are still in development. We just mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. Well, no, this is great. And I think this clarified a lot for people and it also gave them a really specific next step. So I appreciate that so much, Jill. Um, I do want to take a couple minutes on your podcast because I know you are doing some really great work on your own show. And we probably have a lot of listeners that might be interested in hopping over there. So do you want to tell a little bit about the work that you're doing on your show uh, so that people can kind of find you that way, Jill? Absolutely. So um, if you want in any of this information, it's all on my website, Jill money.com. And, you know, there's, you know, you can watch my TV segments and you can read my blog, but under the, the listen button, um, you'll see that I do all sorts of 
different types of content here. Um, one thing that we do and I love doing is we actually take listener questions. So we put listeners on the air. And since I am still a certified financial planner, I actually answer their questions. So we drop a bonus episode every week, but we have like, for example, you know, we're going live with a tax season. We have a, like a tax boot camp. We have a great, I just um, it, it did a great interview. I got a ton of feedback about the me too movement and what, people need to be thinking about for their own businesses and how they navigate that where we are in the world right now and how HR departments need to react to it. I had this uh, really cool expert on about um, the 100 questions every first time home buyers should ask. So we kind of go into every area of your financial life. And sometimes we'll do a deep dive on something like Bitcoin. Sometimes we'll look at, you know, what is it you need to know about life insurance? Like the basics of your financial life. Our goal is to demystify money and to help you take control of your financial life. Love it. That's awesome. So I want you guys all to head on over to jillonmoney.com to check out all the amazing things that Jill is doing. And Jill, you have had an amazing career. You're doing some awesome work out there in the world. So we definitely appreciate you and everything that you shared with our listeners here today. Do you have any parting piece of advice or, or key things that you want our listeners to walk away with today, Jill? Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things that um, we all do as small business owners and as we look at our own careers, whether you're working for an organization or not, is that we we kind of like got into this role where we're micromanaging it. Like I, I, I'm an aging athlete, right? I was I played college sports. And when I, I liken this to the idea that sometimes when you're really tight and you feel like you have to do certain things in a certain way, it actually is not great. So be willing to just do something a little different. Don't be worried if you have to make a lateral move because it gets you to a better organization with a better boss. Don't freak out about every nook and cranny of what your decision-making is. Be smart. Don't. You can call it networking. You can call it relationship building. You can call it whatever you want. Stay in touch with all the people who helped you throughout your life and be helpful to others coming up behind you. Oh, I love that. I love that. So wise. Thank you so much, Jill. You were such an awesome guest today. Really honored to have you on the show. Take care and thanks for having me. You got it. All right. To all our listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thank you guys so much for being here today. And if you picked up a couple golden nuggets, which I'm sure that you did from everything that Jill shared, make sure that you pass this episode along to another entrepreneur that you know could benefit from the incredible wisdom and advice that she shared here. Thank you guys so much for being listeners. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.